welcome to the 72nd episode of In The Between. My name is Nadia. And this is Danny. And today we're going to talk about uh, a presentation I gave at the Kotok Research Forum last Friday. It was um, called Addressing Images, a series about looking at images. And I talked about the body of work belonging to Singapore photographer Yip Chong Fan. Yeah. And if you've been paying attention, <laughs> we actually spoke uh, very lightly about this a couple of months ago um, where we were talking about um, attending different lectures and looking at different uh, works in Singapore that um, made us aware of some gaps in how it could be seen through a fashion and a body lens. And that's how I got to know about this first from Nadia. Yeah. Um... I mean, I don't want to repeat what I said in the talk um, too much. I'm just going to contextualize it so that in case you didn't attend it, you still can. It's <laughs> a, a YouTube video. Um, I think you can just search my name or Kotok Research Forum or Yip Chong Fan uh, or in a combination and you should be able to find it. Um, and we will, we will drop the link as well in the, in the post. But essentially, I was talking about you know, framing the body in Yip Chong Fan's works. And I first encountered his works at um, Art Agenda, the gallery that my husband Sinan runs. And they had this amazing photograph. So I was really curious because they arrived back at the gallery with like all these photographs in like beautiful files and boxes. And you know, I was just looking through them. Um, and I thought like, wow, you know, the bodies are featured so prominently, so beautifully, but I didn't know anything about them. So this was like July last year. Yeah. So I went to do like a search online. I went on rabbit hole, you know, I Googled uh, like their names and I went to like, you know, page 10 kind of thing, right? Going like all the way in. And, you know, there have been some writings from National Gallery Singapore from a curator called Charmaine Toh. So I got most of my information from her writings and they were wonderful writings that taught me so much. Um, and also through the Esplanade, because they have these profiles on the photographers as well. And also Objectives, which is um, a photography center in Singapore. And the last place I looked for information was um, the National Library Board like profiles. I don't know what it's called exactly, but like, you know, there are these profiles that's on the National Library Board. And then when I still hungered for information, I looked at um, old newspapers like Straits Times and stuff like that. So it's very windy, so I'm just like trying to explain why there's this movement behind me. I'm in front of my curtain. <laughs> okay, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, so during the talk, I was just thinking about how the body can feature in the in these photographs, um, because whenever I read descriptions about the photographs, if there were any, and most of them came from Charmaine Toast writing, then it was really about how like, oh, you know, there's like this very nice light, there's like this good juxtaposition, there are these geometric lines, and then there's like a person. And that's just it. Like, you know, a woman is walking through. There is a boy. Um, there are two men. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, hmm, you know, as a, as a fashion historian, and I, I know this um, is the same for you too, Danny, right? Like when you look at something, you automatically look at the body and the clothes because it's just how I was trained. Um, and so I thought, you know, if we were to look at the body um, and also that embodied experience, like, you know, imagining ourselves in the photo, like what more can we know about, about it? Yeah. Hmm. And I also like the fact that, um, I mean, some of the photographs you were showing, you mentioned about how it was right after, um, as Singapore was a young nation, an independent nation. And for some strange reason, there's like, some elements in there about um, the aspirations of this young nation and the bodies that were growing along with this nation. You know, like there was a photograph um, 
which you sh uh, shared of, um, of a couple in front of the Merdeka Bridge, which I thought was so, um, yeah, it, it made me uh, associate it with like this nationalistic uh, ideas of like the future and like aspiration. I mean, Merdeka is like freedom, you know. Yeah, that's such a good observation. I, I didn't get to talk too much about that image, which is by Lim Kuang Ling, um, but it was exhibited at Objectives um, for an exhibition dedicated to his work a while ago. And I, I really like the exhibition. It was um, it's just so nice to go into that dark room, right? That Objectives has, and look at all these evocative, quiet images that Lim had taken. And I think you're right. You know, um, even though these photographers, they are they call themselves amateur photographers. Although, you know, now that I think about it, okay. So I wanted to kind of like build on what happened after or at the talk I gave, right? So there was somebody called Michael Pritchard from the Royal Photographic Society. Um, who was telling um, the audience in the comments section about you know, all these other information that I didn't share in my presentation. So he was talking about how, you know, Yip Chong Fan was a, a fellow at the Royal Photography Society, for example. And it's true, like all these photographers, they, you know, submitted their work to international photography competitions. Um, you know, they were recognized um, overseas in photography communities. But in Singapore, it seems like they weren't that celebrated. Um, although, again, I hesitate to say that with much, like with full confidence, because um, I really need to dig further into this area of research. It's still very new to me. And, but the thing is, like, you know, in the NLB page for Yip Chong Fan, it, it says in a very, like, um, succinct line, like, he remained an amateur photographer for the rest of his life kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I was just listening to the podcast that um, Dr. Rebecca Arnold runs with Beatrice Balen um, called Bonafa. And um, they were talking about this particular presentation I gave. And Rebecca noted that sometimes being an amateur photographer simply means that they're not professional photographers, meaning you don't get paid um, to take photographs. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they are, of course, still really skilled and they take beautiful images. So I think one thing I will have to do moving forward is to define amateur photographer as a term to describe these photographers. Um, because like, what does that mean? You know, amateur sounds like they're not good enough. They're hobbyists. Um, I don't think that they are not good enough, but I do think they're hobbyists. But then again, you know, they had confidence enough to send these photos overseas for competitions and they did get the awards and the accolades. So how do we like think about that further? Um, that's, that's so interesting because I mean, the whole of influencer, um, and like blogger, um, um, the economy just in the 2000s grew from this idea of like amateurs, you know, and like just very passionate individuals that love something and, and do it non-professionally. Oh, uh, that's so good. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because then, you know, one of the anecdotes I shared in the presentation was that one of the um, photographers came by to the exhibition, the HRFA exhibition, and he was, we were like, wow, you know, like, it's so good to meet you. And like, it's good to like, have you here. And then he was telling us like, oh, you know, yeah, I take photos, but I'm not as good as eat. And, <laughs> you know, they, they seem to be quite um, humble that way. And, you know, they help each other out. Um, they learn from each other. But then it's like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm just like, yeah, I'm just doing this for fun kind of thing. And, you know, if we go back to the idea of um, the body in the photograph. So um, the main thing I was trying to explain in the images, if you were to go back to that Madeka Bridge example, is even though they might not have 
been appropriated by the nation to take photos. But they somehow, in quite a number of the photos, you know, captured ideas or expressed ideas that seem really quite nationalist. So like the Lovers on Madeka Bridge, right? It's literally two people, a couple, looking out at Madeka Bridge. It's like nighttime, but it's brightly lit. It's super straight, you know? So it, I mean, the, the bridge and the lights there and it's super straight lines. Um, and it's almost as if it's telling you like, yo, there's a straight line to freedom and we know how to do this, like follow the path and you will get there. Um, and it's like all this burden is on the, the, the shoulders of this young couple. So that's super nationalist. It um, sounds so Singapore. <laughs> it sounds so Singapore. I mean, I can say it like this because I have been <laughs> indoctrinated, right? Um, and then, you know, all those images I showed of the masculine bodies um, in the construction industry and how they are literally subsumed by the project because you don't see their faces, they're faceless, um, and their bodies are literally towered over by these like, um, yeah, these structures that they're building. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting because uh, it's very similar to the way that, you know, farmers and workers, like laborers are often framed and like engulfed in their labor and um, they become like part of the landscape. Yeah, they become part of the landscape and they're like, yeah, and you you barely notice them, but then also once you notice them, you can't help but look at them. And and to me, then you know, I want to re-embody them. It doesn't even make sense. Okay, like sort of put the bodies back in them. I don't know, like to take them out from the landscape and be like, okay, who are these people? Um, how are they feeling when they are standing on this structure or like toiling under the sun? Um, so these are all quite interesting to think about as well. Um, I don't know what, what other photos did you think was like interesting for you i i i like the inclusion of the masculine body because you know um i think there was this this word you use this mandarin word uh about looking for beauty yeah for looking for beauty in, in the image and um and beauty is often embodied in a female sense but uh to look at masculine beauty was interesting as well and I mean of course these photographs were taken at a time when I guess gender roles were a lot more segregated but um, mm. it was nice to see the beauty in this other type of body. <laughs> well, that's so good I, I didn't even talk about like gender roles as well in this presentation I mean it's it's a pretty short presentation so I, I know that I couldn't cover everything but you know all the comments were also so earnest and, and good and I took a lot from that um, and one of the things that I thought afterwards was definitely about gender roles because, you know, I had dichotomized that I had thought about the women and I had thought about the men. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like the women's photos seem more beautiful or more like um, as if they were really seeking that beauty. But then there's like this beauty as well in the photos that are much less like floral or breezy or like, you know, out in the open. So one of the photos... I mean, my favorite photo so far is from Ho Kwok Kin, whom I had met at the gallery. Like he was like, no, like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just a hobbyist kind of thing. Um, and he showed, I mean, he has this photo called Morning Read, Teochew Basa. And I love it because it looks closely at the face of a man reading a newspaper. And then there's this like very, this plume of smoke, I think from either his cigarette or like from the Joss paper, uh, the Joss sticks burning, I don't know which, but it's just so interesting because it's so intimate. 
And I like the intimacy because I'm trying to read intimacy in these photos, even if it doesn't feel intimate, I'm trying to read it into the images so that we can learn more from them. Yeah. Because um, who knows what the, the photographers were thinking, right? And you know, like one of the things that was interesting was also that they went on these safaris. Yeah. It's coming <laughs> up in the oral history interviews, in the newspaper articles. They will say that on Sundays, they go on these safaris and they hunt for photos together. It's not much different from young people now that go, you know, I'll see them in like all these beautiful places to take photos for their social media. I mean, of course it's different, but at the same time, it's this idea of like um, everyone trying to find be visual beauty and creating yeah. these images. I also really like this uh, image you showed um, where the woman is framed by the architecture. Hmm, beauty on the top. Yes, and um, I think it's such an amazing record of like how the architecture was built also for this time. And sadly, and, I mean, I don't know how many of these buildings don't exist anymore, but there was definitely this element of building and architecture as a backdrop for some of the photographs and like the changing landscape of Singapore and its rapid industrialization. So you have the actual scaffolding and building as well as the interior buildings. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, um, so I started off with like this rural or like this outdoorsy landscape. And then I talked about yeah, the urban. Yes. And of course, as fashion historians, we, we know that like fashion is urban, right? Like it, it goes in the urban city, it goes into the landscape. It exists dependent on where the woman walks. Um, the idea of the flanner or the flanners can come in as well here. And so it's really interesting how the photographers were hunting for these photos in like the rural hinterlands that were going to be destroyed or urbanized. Mm -hmm. But then they were also looking at the construction of it and then the realization of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so in looking for this visual beauty, they were also documenting history. Um, and I think if we were to read into these like micro histories that they have created through their photos, I think it's amazing how much more we can learn about like, yeah, history of Singapore um, that is not just the nationalist like meta narrative. Mm. So I'm I'm really excited to continue looking into it. Um, and I'm excited primarily because I just love the images so much. <laughs> and it's such a joy to look at them and to like try to understand them. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. That's awesome. So definitely need to check out the um, recording if you have not caught the talk. Thank you very much for talking with me about it. And if you guys like what you um, listen to here in the between, please follow us at fashion and market underscore on Instagram for the latest drops. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.